a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and minister the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy, the the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more Uh, radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? (laughs) If you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. (laughs) Welcome to Table Talk Radio. This is part of the... Excellence in Christian Journalism Broadcast. Network. Uh, network. That's right. We are a network. How's our network expanding, our Excellence in Christian Journalism Network? TR Squared Network. That's got to be not, We're not large enough to be a movement yet. Hmm. The table. This is it, though. I'm going to start it right now. Are you listening? Yeah, I'm wondering what you're doing. Right now, I declare that <laughs> we are the Table Talk Radio movement. Oh, Good. No longer are we an institution, or better, a subvocation. <laughs> well, because if... we are striving towards relevancy, missionalistic relevancy, and therefore we cannot. Oh, hold on. Let me cast a vision here for you, oh, brother. Oh, I hadn't even planned on this. It's just coming to me. <laughs> Obviously, the Holy Spirit. Obviously. I, my vision is that the Table Talk Radio movement will result in 52 independent radio shows next year. False. And we will reach no less than 18 people with each of those episodes. <laughs> Think big. Boy, Let you, me just do a little math here. Oh, you are thinking big. It's, goals are supposed to be specific. Remember, what do, what do all the vision casting pastors say? you got to have these hairy, audacious goals. Why, they always call them hairy goals. Anyway, well, we've got a fantastic show in store for you on Table Talk Radio. If you've ever wondered why a uh, rostered member of the of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, specifically in the Northwest District, could teach about uh, women's ordination and homosexuality and not be reproved, we have the answer for you today. Later in the show, you want to be stay stay tuned for that. Also, we're going to play uh, a new game. This is going to be a, um, a semi regular segment. One with at least different installations, and that is um, uh, discerning the marks of a liberal. <laughs> oh, that, that's going to be good. And that, then my fifty-two independent shows time eighteen listener. By the way, this is important. Stop interrupting. Nine hundred and thirty-six <laughs> listens. Nice. No, what would you call it? Nine hundred and thirty-six critical listening events will occur in the Table Talk Radio movement in the next year. 
Wow, we're we're taking the world by storm. Get on, get on board, or get out of the way. I say. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you, <laughs> there's going to be a if pile of dead bodies behind this bus. That's right. If you resist <laughs> this move, obviously of the spirit, because I hadn't planned or thought it out, and it sounds pretty dumb. So apparently, that's the mark of the spirit these days. <laughs> then you are probably you are probably hindering. The spirits work. If if that's the, the T- mark of the T-R-square spirit, then movement. you certainly preach in the spirit every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> if impulsiveness <Okay>. is the <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, well, let's do some buzzwords. What what uh, buzzword do you have for me? My, oh, I got a good one for you. Uh, buzzwords are so old fashioned, though. My buzzword for you is FOMES, F O M E S, or FOMES. This is what the Roman Catholic Church talks about sin. Now, FOMUS apparently means a substance supposed to be capable of absorbing, retaining, and transporting contagious or infectious germs. And the Roman Catholic Church uses that word FOMUS to describe original sin. Now, here's the picture. Your your nature is pretty good. It was created by God, and Adam and Eve had it. Pretty good. The problem is you have this fomes of sin that clings to your nature and hinders you from doing the good which you are naturally able to do. You know, I was I was thinking that just recently. Yeah. So the that you you this is Roman Catholic doctrine. You are like a lion or a puma <laughs> or a <laughs> or cheetah. Some other Could I be a jungle cheetah? cat? No. Yeah, I suppose. Okay. okay. You you're a cheetah. Dear listener, pick your favorite large canine. Wait, is that no. canine? No, feline. Canines are the dogs' ones. What is it? Feline. feline. Yeah. Pick your large jungle feline. You can be whatever you want to be, really. Look, we're o- have your own vision. <laughs> we don't discriminate against And imagine, feelings. though, that you... So you are a prowling, gazelle-killing machine. And yet, you're caught in a net. Or better, you're caught in some sort of big foam ball. And so you're trying to run and catch it, but this is in, it's getting in the way. The, the sin then is a is hindering you from doing the good things that you can that you have the by nature the strength to do. So now God's grace comes along and it washes off the fomus of sin, and sets you therefore free to be able to do the goodness that is your puma self. Got it? Okay, I think Fom- I got it. Fomus. Try to work that one in there, man. All right. My theological buzz word for you is Pope. And hey, uh, look at yeah. Today today's buzzwords are brought to you by Vatican II. <laughs> That's right. And uh, according to the Sum Dictionary on the Internet, um, the Pope is the Bishop of Rome as the head of the Roman Catholic Church. Synonyms include the Pontiff, uh, Bishop of Rome, Holy Father, Vicar of Christ, His Holiness. Uh, that'll be enough. Um, so now this is I, I kind of want to harp in on that uh, phrase "vicar of Christ," even though your your buzzword is pope. The yeah. vicar of Christ. Remember vicar? Remember yeah, I do. The, uh, I remember him. Yeah, you remember him. Uh, he was he was your stead, <laughs> so that when uh, there'd be a guy in the hospital, and uh, you'd say, "Vicar, go visit the guy in the hospital." Um, your student there was um, was going in your stead in the stead of the pastoral office. True. Uh, now, <laughs> the, uh, how the the Roman Catholic Church uses the word vicar in the stead of or in the place of, is they call the Pope the vicar of Christ. That is to say, 
that the Pope is standing in the stead of Christ when he speaks for things concerning the rule of the church. I mean, this is so awful. nuts. Now, where now that might sound familiar in the stead and by the command of Christ. Um, we have that in the Lutheran Church, uh, and that is not when the uh, Pope is. is or any kind of a bishop or teacher is speaking forth uh, rules from the church, but rather when pastors, by their call in our nation, uh, really by their call, are 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 pronouncing then the forgiveness of sins to the to the penitent. Uh, that's where uh, we stand in the stead by the command of Christ, and we do so by the authority of Christ given to us. Um, when he said, if you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And so it's directly from Christ. I believe that. How about that? Get get from Pope to the house of the keys. That's not easy, folks. Well, but. that's see. That's what the Pope <laughs> says. Is that he's got? It's like there's a big big box of treasure chest of merit in heaven. It's got all of Jesus' good works in there. It's got some of Mary's good works in there. It's got all the other saints' good works in there. And the the Jesus gives the key to the Pope so he can open it up and dish it out. I, I'm always trying to figure out why. You know, there's. I say, well, how do you get? The, the office of the Pope anyways from the Bible. And uh, it seems like something so important to the Roman Catholic Church, like the actual most important thing. In fact, the only piece of doctrine that the Roman Catholic Church actually cares about, which is the doctrine of the Pope, it seems like th- they would have a Bible verse that they'd go to, but they don't. And then they say stuff like, well, look, Jesus gives the office of the keys to Peter. Well, fine. Even if he did give the office of the keys to Peter, how do you get from that to the guy that lives in Rome today? I mean, that's like saying, uh, if, if 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 someone said, uh, "How come Evan has a truck?" and 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 they and you said, "Well, someone gave Brian a truck seven thousand years ago." <laughs> well, it's like, well, what? Well, fine. How does it get from him to the other guy? I mean, how do you? How do you get from Jesus giving something to Peter? How do you make that into an office? Okay, and let, let me play devil's advocate now with just 40 yes, seconds okay. left. Uh, how what? then do you get the Jesus giving that authority to the apostles to every Missouri Synod pastor? <laughs> well, yeah, because Jesus specifically says, I give this to the church in Matthew 18. He, gives the, he says, tell it to the church, and whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven them. So Jesus specifically gives this promise to the church. But the stuff he gives to Peter, that belongs to Peter. Ah, very good. Well, uh, when we get back from this commercial break, we're going to be playing, or I don't know if we're playing a game as much as we're just talking about this new thing of uh, discerning the marks of a liberal. Uh, what are these things that are going to tip you off that you, you, this is what we should do, the whole redneck thing. You, you might be talking to a liberal. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> that's well, mostly uh, listening to a liberal, it's incredibly difficult to actually have a real conversation. Right, that's true. <laughs> so, Okay, when we get back, what, during this break, you can check out our website at tabletalkradio.org. If you were previously a donor to Table Talk Radio, uh, you can now be so again. We've got our financials straightened out. You can click on the PayPal button, donate now at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. It's like spinach. We know you don't want to, but it's good for you. 
Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Hey, thanks. Good. Ah, so I had a uh, a lightning round game for you here. All right. Uh, I need. Is this how to know if you're being? Uh, I think we should not. How do you know if you're talking to a liberal? How do you know if you're being talked at by a liberal? <laughs> That's generally because the, you can't actually voc- talk to liberals. That's right. It's a vocation you find yourself in whenever there is a liberal close by, and your ears are also close by. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Um. So I want to just do a quick lightning round game of something else first. Is that okay? Oh, something else. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So this is Bible B. Oh, good. Okay. Now the serpent I'm was more crafty than any other beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, "Indeed, has God said you should not eat from any tree of the garden?" The woman said to the serpent, "From the tree of the, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the tree." The fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it or touch it, or you will die. And the serpent said to like, the woman, you will surely oh, not die. Go ahead. That sounds Old Testament-y. I'm going to go with Genesis. What is Genesis? You are correct. 200 points for Pastor Wolf Miller and a lightning Man, round like of this. Bible B. Whatever you're doing, I like it. <laughs> well, uh, so one of the things that uh, I had gleaned from going to district conventions and uh, reading the the newspapers and things like this, uh, is yes. that there's a certain commonalities that uh, take place when you're being talked at by a, by a liberal. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the, and we're going to go through several of these in, in upcoming shows, but one of them of being a mark of, of being talked to by a liberal uh, is the refusal to make assertions and instead <laughs> to ask questions. Yeah. Okay. Questions. In place of assertions, right, the, right. Okay, so actually, I have a I have a little example here. Let's just go straight to the example, and we can maybe flesh this out a little bit more. Are you ready? All right. Okay, yeah. this is an example from our friend <laughs> Rob Bell. Uh, oh, yeah, and, old Rob. And he, Robbie. <laughs> he's on this radio show uh, called uh, something Premier Christians or something like that. Christian Premier. And anyway, he's talking about his book Love Wins. Here's Rob Bell. Is when someone like me hears you ask those questions, the immediate understanding I have is that clearly you don't agree with that, and that clearly you think hell isn't forever, and that clearly you think people can get out of hell. Now, I'd be interested if you're willing to say that quite clearly, because often when people have asked you that, well, you don't say that. You just answer with a question or whatever. Do well, you think people can get out of, 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 of hell and, and go back to heaven? Is that what you're saying? I'm simply beginning with when we use eternal yeah. or forever. Is this a category? Are we talking about the same thing that the biblical writers talked of? So like in the Hebrew scriptures, olam is the closest word, and Jonah says that he was in the belly of the fish for olam, which was three days. So I'm just asking when we take our forever and we impose it, and are are we bringing an assumption to the scripture that the writers don't have? Okay, so that to me, that, that just sounds like universalism and the fact that, that, that hell isn't forever. That's a basic sort of biblical studies yeah. question. And, when Jesus says eternal punishment, what does he mean, and is there sort of a larger context? Because when he says eternal can, life... Can I, can I come, though, moving beyond the Greek, to, yeah. to if you like, it's, to, to me what comes through in the book more is that 
it, you don't like the picture that this would paint of God in the first place. And, and so well, well, a couple, it, a couple Adrian... of people ask, well, let me just get these questions out. One person asks, is your generous view, they call it, of judgment and reconciliation primarily the product of Bible study or the application of kindly logic, i.e. the idea that God couldn't be like this? And another person asks, <laughs> and this is more directed yeah. at you, Adrian, and your view of hell. If we believe God is justice, how can a finite human being with a finite ability to reason come to earn infinite punishment? Surely justice demands that um, the time fits the crime. How, how on earth can we believe in an eternal conscious torment? I mean, obviously, a lot of people do struggle with this. And you've mentioned already a- another option, Rob, which doesn't really feature in the book, but annihilationism, this idea that people... Yeah, there's, there's a section on the God. book, a sort of the ex-human, post-human, okay. formerly human. There, that's one of the sort of... There's, that's the way many people... Sure. Um, Are you more comfortable with that than the eternal conscious torment? You? I mean, it seems to me like you definitely ruled here. that out as being even considered... You know that just for you is totally out of kilter with the idea. Well, of it, it just raises questions, and so so like when I'm <laughs> when I'm asking Adrian, those are legitimate, honest, straightforward. Yeah. But tell can me we more get an answer to that. the question from you, Rob? I suppose. Well, well, wait, 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 wait. Let me back up. What do you think is the answer to that question? Well, well, do, when you... he says, like in the questioner, who says, mm. um, a finite <laughs> being in a finite. <laughs> segment of time receives infinite punishment that has to be sort of kept up and maintained by God, that says something about the nature of God. Hmm. So let's say a 17-year-old rejects Christ, dies, and 17 million years from now, however you want to say that, that's obviously a sort of over-the-top language, God is still punishing that person. Is God like that? And I think it's a totally legitimate Do you think question. God is like that, Okay. Oh, let's, let's hear. Let's wait. I, I got to hear this answer. No, I don't think God is like that. Okay. So, so. Oh, straight answer. Okay. Hey, there. <sighs> shocker. So I, I just noticed here that I mean, and, and this is just one example, but but here it's easier to ask questions than it is to make assertions. Now, is what is are you there, saying? Is there anything? <laughs> you're right. Is there anything wrong with asking if I questions? only ask questions for the rest of the show? <laughs> I'll give you. No, I don't want to do that. I was going to give you, you points if by you. That? I would. <laughs> but look, is it is it okay to ask questions to to make the observation that the the Hebrew word used for for uh, eternal is the same one used of Jonah and the well? Yes, those are good. When we yeah, come why, to the scriptures, why it be? We, when we <laughs> come to the scriptures, it's good to ask questions. But but when you're finally coming to the table of a, some radio show or writing a book, you ought to have conclusions from those questions. Um, what would make you think that? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> don't do this. What's so funny? <laughs> don't. Don't do it. Is this a little bit like the toddler who have just you, repeats everything have you, you say? Have you ever heard of executive session? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why you like to talk about that. Oh, wait a minute. Why do you like That's to talk about that? That's an assertion. Dang it. Right? So, so it's easy to, just, so to ask questions. Now, I have, I have um, something to read here. Are you, uh... Okay. Okay, so that was just priming the pump. That was just, that was just giving us an example of how the liberals like to do it. Right. Oh. You want to stall a bit okay. more? I just lost my page here. Yeah, okay. And now what you're going to do, <laughs> in dramatic fashion, tell me if I'm right, is reveal some sort of Missouri Synod politic no, thing. No! <laughs> but I did happen to find this. 
<laughs> this this letter, um, it was an open letter to President Lindemann of the Northwest District. And it was uh, signed by several guys, but it was posted um, by the Daystar Journal crowd. Oh, um, there's two open letters, huh? Oh, there is. Um, there's one letter that was signed by uh, like nine pastors in the Northwest District. And then there's yeah. one signed um, by... Uh, like 40 people in all of the LCMS. So if you think of the ratio, you know, like, so if you open up a letter to the entire LCMS, how how many members does the Missouri Senate currently have? Like, I don't know. I only know exactly how many members it had when President Kishnick was the president because he would always tell us exactly. Well, how what many is that members. number? 3.2 million. Okay, 3.2. And you open it up and you get. 2.6 million. You open it up 6, to the. 6,000 <laughs> congregations, 38 districts. <laughs> right. So you open it up to the one point. Three million Missouri Synod members, or whatever it is, yep. and you get forty signatures, or you open up a letter to the I don't know, uh, hundred, two hundred pastors of the of the Northwest District, and you get nine signatures. I like I like the odds better in the latter, but you're going with the percentage. Percentages are real numbers. <laughs> I just say it. Uh, anyway, so we have this open letter uh, posted on the DaystarJournal.com uh, site, and um, it's it. This here, I'll just read a section here. It says that um, Professor Becker has respectfully expressed his dissent on the synodical resolutions concerning six-day creationism and the ordination of women. He continues to discuss these matters with his peers and is allowed and encouraged by synodical bylaw. In other conservative Lutheran church bodies, these issues are clearly discussed and debated (laughs) <laughs> you know, Don, con- conservative Don. church bodies like the ELCA. <laughs> Is that what that means? Other conservative... What what conservative church body do you know of that's clearly discussing women's ordination and homosexuality? Mm, I'm having trouble thinking of any. I mean, maybe I'm, if you're writing know, to... Lutheran Church of Canada, maybe? I mean, maybe if like you're right... six guys up there <laughs> are talking about it. Hey, you want to make women pastors, eh? <laughs> Let's get some more beer, eh? <laughs> but I mean, maybe if you're writing it's for cool Daystar Journal, the ELCA seems conservative to you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but 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 see here here the here the defense of of a false teacher and then of the Missouri Synod, um, Matthew Mecker, um, he said, "Well, look, he's just he's just expressing his dissent. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. Yeah, he's just studying these kinds of things. He doesn't say he's not saying it's wrong. He's just asking questions. There's nothing wrong with uh, with a little dissent. It's it's a good thing. And questions besides, are healthy. And besides, uh, six day creation and homosexuality and women's ordination, those are just matters of synodical resolution. They're not matters Adiakra. of doctrine. Adiakra. Yeah. <laughs> Open questions." <laughs> Right? <laughs> so, That's how I'm going to say it. We, uh, so God created the world through millions of years through the process of theistic evolution. Right? <laughs> and someone says, hey, that's false doctrine. I said, no, I was just asking a question. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's helpful or not. The marks of a liberal will probably do some of this. But this questions is... rather than assertions. You remember what Luther says about it? The Holy Spirit makes assertions. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'll find the quote. Okay, you work on that. Um, we'll be we'll be right back. But this is this is not just in the church. This is true of political uh, realms as well. So just now that you have your eye out for it, you'll see if you identify even more. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this. I'm moving out. It's not a radio show. 
It's a relationship. Stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio. At the time, so love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. And we're back for more Table Talk Radio. Whoa. All right. Suddenly so back. We have a couple of games to play here. I think you're, we're playing um, a named oh, yeah. theologian with you. Here, here's this, uh, this business of assertions rather than questions. Wait a minute. Let me go back a little bit. Oh, this whole thing is great. You want to name what? I want to name the theologian. All right. So uh, uh, mm-hmm. the Christian will say this. So little do I like skeptical principles that so far as the weakness of my flesh permits, not merely shall I make it my invariable rule steadfastly to adhere to the sacred text and all that it teaches and to assert that teaching, but I also want to be as positive as I can about those non-essentials which Scripture does not determine. For uncertainty is the most miserable thing in the world. Then, later on, the theologian says, uh, (laughs) this is good. I say this in order that from now on you may stop accusing our side of obstinacy and stubbornness. By so doing, you merely let us see that in your heart you cherish a Lucian or some other hog of Epicurus's herd, (laughs) who, because he is an atheist himself, finds in all who believe in God and confess him a subject for secret amusement. Leave us free to make assertions, and to find assertions our satisfaction and delight. And you may applaud your skeptics and academics till Christ calls you too. The Holy Spirit is no skeptic, and the things he has written in our hearts are not doubts or opinions, but assertions, surer and more certain than sense and life itself. <laughs> right. This is so fantastic. I think that's Luther. <laughs> Martin Luther. What? what are you talking about? Am I right? You are right. 200 points. Right Boom. There. Uh, now, see, that's, this, is the, this is the point. So the Daystar crowd is going to say, oh, well, uh, women's ordination and... Um, homosexuality. Those aren't things taught in the confession, so we're free to debate them. But they are, by the way, taught in the scriptures, oh, yeah. which we don't. I mean, uh, I mean, we can we can debate all we want, but the confession stands that uh, homosexuality is a sin, a sin look, that look, needs look, to be repented right. of, a sin for which Christ has died for, and a sin that we are redeemed from. You're being uncharitable. They, they don't say women's ordination. They say women's ordination. <laughs> yeah, true. And they don't say homosexuality; they say homosexuality. It's true. It's true. See, but see, yeah, I suspect. It's a I suspect that it's not that the uh, the left side, those who are making these cases, um, are really are really pro ordination as much as, or sorry, pro women's ordination as much as they're more anti ordination. See, so it's it's not that they they uh, uh, yeah. think women should be in the office; they think that there is no such office. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like. No, this is good. It's I like, like speculating about motives. By the way, that's a fun one. <laughs> well, look, it's 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 the same sort of thing. How um, how uh, you know, right. the, the gays want to gays want to marry. It's yeah. like you you guys don't believe in marriage anyway. <laughs> so so it it tries to legitimize legitimize their sin by saying that it's now recognized in the public square. Yeah, so. it is a weird sort of thing. It's like what what's just why do you need to change everything just keep doing what you're actually doing already <laughs> really? i mean what what actually changes except for you know paying like 50 bucks at the courthouse to get a marriage license what in the world is different <sighs> okay well i've got a lightning round of uh name that book in the book of concord oh okay good 
All right. What is this? This you're is crazy, this show. Your quote is this. All this refers to secret sins, but where the sin is so public that the judge and the whole world are aware of it. I know what you're talking You can, without sin, shun and avoid the person as one who has brought disgrace upon himself, and you may testify publicly concerning him. That's w- Luther's advice on how to break the Eighth com- <laughs> Commandment. I'm not done. For oh, when sorry. an affair is manifest to everyone... Uh, there can be no question of slander or injustice or false witness. For example, now we now ensure that the Pope and his teaching, which is publicly set forth in books and shouted throughout the world, where sin is public, the punishment ought to be public so that everyone may know how to guard against it. Um, this is going to be Martin Luther explaining the Eighth Commandment in the large catechism. Ding, 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 ding. Two Catechismus minutes. major. Majoris. That sounds like a constellation. <laughs> it does. Catechismus Majoris. So, so what this is saying then is if, if someone is, is preaching false doctrine, you don't address it in a private way. You address it in a public way. So everyone can, everyone can be warned against buying into this false doctrine. Yes. Okay. I agree with that. All right, so now we're going to move on to a letter by President Paul Lehman <laughs> in the Northwest what? District. Now, I, I, I said... Uh, at the beginning of the show, this is, I think this is now. You should make we should make this point because one of the standard operating procedures, uh, the <laughs> the SOP of the COP, is anytime someone says something you don't like, you Eighth Commandment them. Yeah, Matthew, or you Matthew 18. eighteen them. <laughs> so so uh, uh, so this is what happened. So here's 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 a regular sort of thing. So okay, let's just pretend I teach some sort of false doctrine. Okay, uh, just pretend something like. Uh, the Bible teaches that pigs are holier than cows, okay? And you come and you say, that's false doctrine. So give it a try. That's false doctrine. M- Matthew 18. <laughs> now try again. Try again. That's a really false doctrine. Eighth commandment. <laughs> Dang, I can't See, that's wait. how it works. Hold on. Now, let's, I, I so just sent you, you a private <laughs> Facebook message so that you, I can... <laughs> you, now, you, you keep on preaching what you want to preach. I'm going to send you a letter to tell you that you're wrong. Matthew 18, you. Oh, man. And if you insist, then I'm going to say, try it, try it again. Okay, so let's try it one more. The th- round three, this is the knockout punch. Ready? Okay, that was really false. Did you soccer. go to Fort Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> TKO. <laughs> Boom. All right. Well, so uh, President Letterman of the Northwest District of Missouri sent, a, <laughs> sent out a letter uh, to members of the Northwest District, and you can find this letter on our website at tabletalkradio.org. You uh, can? Under- Oh yeah, oh yeah. Good. It's under the uh, it's in the description of of today's show number three thirty one. Oh good. Uh, so first he talks about how the the COP had met and we released these uh, uh, these particular items and it's interesting because he he omitted the parts about how we believe in inspired word of God and things like that. But uh, never mind that. Um, okay, but I let's just read a part of this. So the okay. Council of Presidents cautions members of the Senate to exercise care in their evaluation and analysis of matters of ecclesiastical supervision. I want to clearly state that the ecclesiastical supervision has been done and responded to by the worker in question. What? Now, wait, 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 wait. wait say, say that sentence again as I look for this. It's at the top of page uh, two if you're looking at this, the one I sent you. I want to clearly state that ecclesiastical supervision has been done and responded to by the worker in question. Now, 
that's all the information we have. So, so we're to take President Lindemann's word on it that ecclesiastical supervision has taken place, but we don't know what has been said that this was condemned as a false teaching or not. Um, so again, this is this is the the matter of there's a, a public teacher teaching in the realm of the public that <laughs> I know it's redundant. <laughs> A, oh. a public teacher teaching publicly that, that I mean like you could have a public teacher teaching privately it's true um yeah. but, but <laughs> that's not what we have here that's no but now so he's been apparently uh uh corrected privately but we don't know what the result of did he repent did did he uh or is it is the district okay with this this teacher I mean, we don't know we're just left in the dark here we got to trust him trust me Okay. But this you, is... Have we talked about this business of trust, by the way, how important this is? Because people come along and they ask for our trust, and that is a sin to trust people. I mean, this we got to be clear on this. I mean, this is the Bible says, trust not in princes. That's a commandment from the Lord. Mm-hmm. We, do, we trust in God. We do not trust in princes. Uh, and to put our trust in them, that, that, to, and especially when someone c- comes and, co- and coercively uh, uh, requires trust without evidence or argument or something like this, then something is go- something is going particularly wrong. It's like imagine the couple comes to you, and uh, and they got problems. They got marriage problems, and so um, the guy says, "Look, Pastor, the problem is my wife doesn't trust me." And the wife says, "No, the problem is you get off work at five and don't come home until nine, and you won't tell me where you are." <laughs> Well, look, you know, look, see, you got to trust me. <laughs> see, that's the problem, is the demand for trust is, in fact, an indication that something is going wrong. Right. It, it should say, don't trust me on this. Here's what happened. <laughs> yeah, here are my cards. Don't trust me. This is, yeah, this, yeah. Let, my, let my actions judge uh, speak for themselves. So that trusting in a prince is, is forbidden by the Scriptures, is, is it not? It is so, but so there's a distinction between trusting in princes and submitting to their authority. Now that 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 might be relevant to the next paragraph uh, of President Lindemann's letter, where he says, "When our synod was formed, it was founded on the notion that influence would be our commodity rather than authority." Yeah, uh, I'm going to let that sink in during this next break. <laughs> I can't believe Matthew 18 hasn't been mentioned yet. I know. Oh, here it is. Next, next yeah, uh, <laughs> it's in the next paragraph. paragraph. But I'm, okay, when we go to this break, we're going to, or when we come back from this break, we're going to be discussing this very issue of influence or authority. Again, the sentence is: When our synod was formed, it was founded on the notion that influence would be our commodity rather than authority. Uh, so sit on that. We'll be right back with more Table Talk Radio. You're listening to the network of excellence in Christian journalism, Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Such a bad influence. You've got ways to make me do what you want. Oh, you're such a bad influence. I've got to stay away. Table Talk Radio. Unscripted. Unprepared. Unashamed. Back for 
one more segment, the last and final segment here on Table Talk Radio. Uh, okay, when we left off, Pastor Wolfman, we were reading this uh, letter from President Paul Lindemann of the Northwest yep. District, Missouri. Synod, it was great. And trust me. Uh, he says, uh, No, 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 this is better. Do you trust me? <laughs> That's a question. <laughs> and the demand for trust. I see what you're In you a passive aggressive kind of way. Right. That's my new trick. Okay, let, me, let me read the. Don't the, you trust me? Lest, lest we be accused of taking things out of context, let me read uh, another sentence. <laughs> when our synod was formed, it was formed on the notion that influence would be our commodity rather than authority. While some Christian churches have a hierarchical structure where individual people are given authority, that is not the case in the LCMS. Congregations are the basic unit of authority, and leaders in the church are called to stand called upon to stand upon the Word of God and use their voice for influencing influencing one another through conversation and dialogue. Now, first of all, this whole thing I sort of like, but it's a ridiculous sentence. So there's no such thing as a leader in the church. That's ridiculous. <laughs> a fure. Where do we get that nonsense? Leader in the church. Oh, yeah, I didn't mean to say leader. I meant to say servant leader. What the nuts? <laughs> That's the most ridiculous thing. I'm a slave leader. It's <laughs> like saying breakfast dessert. There's no such thing as breakfast dessert. It's pancakes. Your breakfast dessert. Anyway, it's like cold fire, you know, a cold fire. Or, or uh, I mean, anyway, you know, leader in the church. It's a, it's a doulos leader. You know, all the, all the slaves were leaders. <laughs> it is so dumb. The only reason that you say leader in the church is because you think the church is a movement. Right. Anyway, now the but this thing in this sentence that I like, and it said, uh, uh, when our sentence was founded, it was founded on the notion that influence is common commodity rather than authority. Now, this is simply an admission by the district presidents that we don't have any authority. To which I say, Amen. Well, you do not. Who are you? Now, here, here let me just. I'm gonna, well, I just invented a game. Ready? Uh, this is a game called Invented by Jesus. Or made up by men. Okay? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Are you ready? Ready. Okay, so I'm going to give you a thing. I'm going to say a thing, and you can say if it's invented by Jesus or made up by men. Okay. The church. Uh, do I have to say invented by Jesus? Uh, yes. Can I say instituted by Jesus? Instituted okay, by fine. Jesus. Uh, the synod. Uh, made up by men. The, uh, the divine service. Instituted by Jesus. The district. Made up by men. The office of pastor. Instituted by Jesus. The Senate, pre- or the Senate and district presidents. Made up by men. <laughs> the Lord's Supper. Uh, instituted by Jesus. Conventions. Uh, made up by men. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay now, now, this should be enough okay. to say, who are these guys that walk around the church as if what they have is a legitimate and real thing, okay, instead no, no, of something no. that we just made up. But I have a little bit different perspective on this. Because, so you're right, and unless you be misunderstood, we're not as saying as though everything invented by men is a bad thing, right? You know, uh, police officers, wh- wh- which would that would be? Well, that's probably invented by men. Okay, but it, we would admit that police officers uh, are doing a good thing. Yes. Um, they're wearing they're they're still wearing the mask of God. There's it's a vocation. Now, Correct. I would argue then um that while the district president doesn't have a, a divinely established authority, he does nonetheless have a 
have an authority afforded to him by the Senate uh, itself. And that authority, that his job then, the authority given to him is to correct and reproach false teaching of members rostered in his district. And so, yes. so if, but see, this, this is the thing, that his authority only extends insofar as the bylaws are themselves. So the only way he can discipline is not by excommunicating someone from the Lord's altar, but rather removing them from, from the clergy role. Agreed. You see? That's fine. That's fine. But, it's but, what we call but in to the, not in do the that. The, the, what is it? Oh, no, this is something different. I was thinking the major ban and the minor ban. But anyway, how do you stand in relationship to this thing that we made up called the synod? That's what their business is. Right. But see now, but see that has to be done according to the authority given to him by the Senate. So um, the police officer is not trying to influence the robber from to, to stop robbing the bank. <laughs> the parent is not trying to influence the screaming child um, to uh, to be obedient. All of a sudden, that they have to use the authority given to them, and sometimes. So this is the whole point that you've made before that uh, authority is given. And in this case, it's either given by God or given uh, by men to other men. Um, we, we, whether like it or not, we in our country have given the President of the United States uh, uh, authority. Um, yes. And so that's, that's something that we've like, given him by the options? Constitution. I can like it or not? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, you can like it or not. But, uh, but it's, still, it's still true. And so now, um, when, when we talk about influence— uh, influence says, I'm not using my authority. I'm going to try and make people see my view through manipulation. Or I suppose you could do it charitably through a podcast, through an incredibly winsome radio show. Okay, let's read the next paragraph. Much of the conversation <laughs> taking place in this situation, open letters, Facebook postings, and comments, blogs, uh, even actions taken by one district convention have... Uh, been made without knowledge of the particular situation and the facts of the case in question. In yeah, contrast, which are so easy to obtain, <laughs> well, because it's it's somehow illegal to actually talk about the details of the case. Well, look, I think this is great. You guys are acting in total ignorance, and we're the ones, by the way, that are making sure you don't know anything else. <laughs> but but there but there are certain things that are made known to the public, like the teachings of Matthew Becker. So, so you you don't you don't have to be apprised of all the details going on, uh, if if there's someone teaching false doctrine and it's not reproved publicly, the air is not with those who don't who aren't in the know. The air is with those who have given the authority to deal with false doctrine and haven't done so publicly. Don't you trust them? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, but look, in contrast, you need to have a godly distrust of these guys. Right. Okay. Sorry. Contrast is what? So, I'm so, sorry. so you have you have the conversations taking place with open letters, Facebook postings, podcasts, all this. Oh yeah, I was uh, offended. In contrast to our Lord's teaching in Matthew 18, people are forming opinions from a distance <laughs> and speaking as though they had intimate knowledge of the situation. I don't know anything about this situation, by the way. Speaking as if I had intimate knowledge. There we are, being Matthew 18. Although I'm offended because we, it does not say a podcast. It says blogs, face the Facebook, the Twitter. Right. Well, I mean, but, people people are going to have to come to the you know to the realization that this is the way people communicate. I mean, <laughs> and people are sending letters to the mail, and they're talking about this, and they're <laughs> texting, and they're using their their smartphones. 
<laughs> I mean, but look at this. The, the blackberries? The, 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 the last <laughs> sentence of the same paragraph says, this does not mean we shouldn't talk about these matters uh, such as this. Um, the, it does mean, though, that we should do so charitably and with concern for one another, especially those uh, with whom we disagree. As long as we can control Fine. it. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think it's so great. The irony is that these guys, same guys are saying, hey, we got to get the message out. they got to get the message out. They're saying, uh, hey, don't forward that email I sent you. <laughs> right. You know, the same guys that says, we got to speak to our postmodern world. are saying, we need to get the pastors off of the Facebook. Right. And whatever you do, don't give them a microphone. <laughs> you know, we had this, this clear distinction in our Lutheran confessions, treatise on power and primacy of the Pope, which is really the treatise against the power and primacy of the Pope, which says that all of this kind of ecclesiastical supervision stuff is jury humano, not jury divino. It means it's of human origin, not of divine origin. So, so the Pope comes along and says, hey, I'm the boss because Jesus made me the boss. And we Lutherans say, no. All it is is we pastors get together and say, well, someone's got to keep an eye on everybody else. Uh, who wants to do it for a while? Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's all this thing is, it, 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 that we get so worked up about it, as if there's some sort of divine sort of power, like you're talking about there, uh, rather than just a guy who should say, hey, you should probably not teach false doctrine around here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, why does this have to be so complicated? It doesn't. You know? <laughs> But I, I think you Matthew make a good 18. point. I know. I think you make a good point, though, that, uh, look, everything we do— well, let me put it this way. We, we do nothing in secret. So whether we're, whether we're teaching, um, whether we're calling a false teacher a false teacher, we could do it in public. Um, the only time—so I mean, the, the, the context of Matthew 18, what Jesus is instructing us to do, is when someone sin—when your brother sins against you. So when, uh, uh, you know, someone else at your church— um, went and told a lie about you, you go talk to him. But this is not dealing with false teaching um, that we should we should mark and avoid, uh, the Scriptures teach us. Yeah, that's the confession of Lutheran aerobics. Mark and avoid. Mark <laughs> and avoid. It's good. It's a good idea because it, Jesus thought of it, you know. False doctrine is dangerous. I think this, I mean, I don't know. I think this whole thing is, uh, so, so we were going to talk about, what was the game that we were playing? Was power or authority? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to make the difference that power is what belongs to yourself, authority is what belongs to office. So power is intrinsic, authority is uh, connected to vocation. Power is then always um, over weakness, but authority, uh, power, in other words, is always demonstrated in strength and, and it overcomes weakness, but authority is actually exercised in weakness, um, w- which is also important here. Uh, so as we talk about false doctrine, we come not with power, but with the authority of the Lord's Word. Not with our person, but with what the Bible says. That's right. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey, you missed where I said Pope the other day, just oh, a minute ago. Good one. 500 Thanks points. for listening That's, to this edition of Table Talk Radio. A total of Table Talk Radio points. is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. The points are Side like uh, uh, the president's influence over false hallucinations and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, I would tell you what the points are like, but tumors, standard operating procedure includes treatment for Matthew Oh, man. Third. <laughs>